Would you listen to the reading of the Word of God? This is from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Now, the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions. But everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was among them all. For as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. There was a Levite, a native of Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field that belonged to him, then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. The passage that I have just read to you is probably not the church's first stewardship campaign. Preachers are, sometimes are accused of making a text say what it doesn't really say. And so I, you know, I really kind of want to preach about the church's first stewardship campaign and say it was what you just heard, but, but I think that would, even I'd have to admit, that's a little bit of a stretch. But it does kind of come sort of close. Because even in this earliest history of the church, uh, after Pentecost, uh, the church hasn't been around um, a, a year yet, perhaps. And the church is already dealing with issues of poverty and affluence, possessions and pocketbook. In the first, in just at the outset of the, of the life of the church, now, nowhere in Acts do I see that they had a covered dish dinner on the day of Pledge Sunday. Nowhere did I find that they invented and distributed pledge cards. Nowhere have I seen that there was a, a pledge campaign, a, a, a catchy campaign theme. But I think if they had had one, it would have been the one we are using, all of us in. Last week I preached sort of on all in. We're all in. This week I, I want to focus on the, the middle two words, all of us in. Acts says this. As many as had land or houses sold them. As many, all of them together. The distinguishing mark of, of this early church 
is, uh, as Luke says in Acts, they had great power. They had great grace. They were, uh, Luke says, of one heart, of one soul. They were all of them in one heart, one soul, great power, great grace, selling uh, a house, selling a field if they needed, bringing it, laying it at the apostles' feet. Now I will concede, as most um, church historians do, that Luke's account of the early church in Acts is sometimes a little bit rosy. The church, even in its earliest days, had some rough moments. It wasn't all a bed of roses in the early church. Why, if you want to just flip over to the very next verse in Acts chapter 5, you find um, Ananias and Sapphira who were not all in. And it led to disastrous consequences for them. So even in the, even in the early church, I suppose you could say, well, maybe a lot of them were in, but maybe not all of them. But you get the sense that in the early church they were pulling together. I want to suggest that here at Mulberry, uh, the time ought to be past when we are reciting how we are just not as strong as we once were. I'd like to put behind us uh, the long litanies and all of the reasons why we used to do this, but now we don't, and so on and so forth, and a little whining here and, and sadness there. It's just, it's just time to say decisively to say no to that stuff. I like the affirmation of faith we used this morning, but it's always a little bit jarring for me because this affirmation of faith, uh, Bill Stembridge asks us a question, and our, the first word out of our mouth is, no. I mean, does that, does that feel jarring to any of the rest of you? It's just kind of a strange way to start an affirmation of faith by saying, no. But the question he's asked is, can anything separate us from the love of God in Christ? And our answer ought to be, no, absolutely not. I mean, sometimes you just have to say no, and you need to say it out loud. And, I, you know, it's time for us to say no to whatever it is that's held us back. Did you know that there is a, a national holiday in Greece that is, it is called, I'm going to tell you the Greek word, ohi, O-H-I. There is a national holiday called Ohi Day. It is October 28th, coming up this week. You know what Ohi means in Greece, in Greek? It means no. They have a national holiday called No Day. I know about snow days. But this is, this is no day. And here's, here's what's behind that. In 1940, Mussolini came to uh, Greece 
and he said to the Greek prime minister, uh, uh, we're getting ready to invade you. We want you to open your borders. We're going to come and protect you. And the Greek prime minister said, no. That was it. Well, Mussolini invaded anyway. But the Greeks held on to that word, that, that, that they stood up to Mussolini and eventually prevailed. They just said no. I wonder if our friends down at the uh, that Greek festival, you know, is going on to you go get yourself some souflaki this afternoon. I, I wonder if they're celebrating no day. Sometimes you just got to say no. I, 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 we're done with this stuff in the past. No. That determined resolve of the early church. And in some ways, this pledge campaign is, is you saying, no, I'm tired of, you know, tired of talking about who we aren't or who we didn't used to be. Let's be who we are and who we can be. Let's get on board. Let's be one heart and one soul. Or as Paul says in Philippians 2, be, be of the same mind be of the same love, be in full accord with one another. That doesn't require some huge revival. It doesn't require some earth-shaking event. Uh, the, the church being the church together breaks out here and there in, in little ways. I was thinking this last week of Jack Alexander. Some of you here remember Jack. He and Katie were wonderful members of this church. Jack in his later years had the aches and pains that are common to some of us older people. But Jack would go out to Lizella and get down on his hands and knees and pick strawberries when those strawberries were coming in. And then he would take them back and distribute them to other members of this church who couldn't do that anymore. Just a little thing. Just a little thing. But it wasn't a little thing. It was no different than Barnabas selling a field and laying the proceeds at the uh, uh, feet of the apostles. And they called Barnabas a son of encouragement. I got to remembering this week fried fish and Cecil Pate. Some of you are nodding. And Cecil Pate probably had more fish cookers than everyone else in Bibb County put together. If you ever went out to his house and went underneath his porch, there were just fish cookers everywhere. Fish cookers and uh, propane tanks and, and and those baskets that you shake hush puppies in and 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 I think Cecil kept the peanut oil industry in business all by himself. But what? Well, but it wasn't just Cecil, and I can't remember all of the men who were involved in this. But 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 they would have these fish fries out at Wesley Garden, out at Wesley Glen. All the money was for for Wesley Glen. And, and it was people like Cecil Pate, Dole Donovan, and Curtis Barnes, and, 
and there are a bunch more that I, whose names I just can't remember right now. But nobody said to those, I bet no pastor called them up and said, why don't you do this? I'll bet there was no committee that said to them, uh, how about you be the uh, fish fry uh, group? They did it because, A, they liked fishing, and they probably even liked cleaning the fish. And, and they liked making those hus puppies, and they liked working for the Lord, and they liked making money for Wesley Glenn. All of us working together, called of God. I wish we'd have thought about it. We could have had fish fry out in our parking lot this afternoon, right out, you know, drop your pledge card in the plate and then just go on out and get yourself some hush puppies. But frankly, I'm glad we didn't do that because in some ways I'm kind of tired of saying to people, Oh, oh, if you'll just put a pledge card in, we'll give you a free meal. You know, I, I, I understand that, but, but let's, just, let's just make our pledge and just do it because that's what you're supposed to do. And let me put another word in, as Marcus already did this morning, thanks to the women. I saw Carol Pope sitting at a table out there taking orders for casseroles. Church has always been involved in food, haven't we? When all of us are in, when all of us are in, you've got greater courage and determination than you do when it's, you think it's just you yourself. Have you heard of a group called the Ladies in White? The Ladies in White are a group that was formed in Havana, Cuba in 2003. Back then, Castro had just arrested another wave of people and thrown them into prison to be tortured and never heard from again. And their wives and their sisters said, we aren't going to take this anymore. And what they did, they got together, not one by herself. They got together and they went to the St. Rita's Catholic Church every Sunday for Mass. They dressed in white, and after church was over, they took a gladiola and they marched up and down Fifth Avenue in Havana silently as their way of protest. Their husbands had been stolen from them, their brothers, their uncles, their grandparents were no longer around. Now I suppose one lady could maybe have done that by herself, but how much power would there have been in that? They did it together. They were harassed. Some of them were spat upon and beaten. They were, some of them, thrown in prison. But they were all of us in they were all in, and, and you can do things together that you wouldn't have the nerve to do by yourself. I mentioned last Sunday that I went to the Dominican Republic a few years ago, not all that many years ago, two or three, with this church's mission team. 
What a fabulous experience. Most of the, most of the kids were college students. I suppose I could have gone to the Dominican Republic by myself. People do all the time, although mostly they're going to the resorts on the other end of the island. I suppose I could have taken a bus by myself uh, to the far reaches of that country. I suppose maybe I could have found a Haitian refugee village all by myself. Uh, but all of that's highly improbable. I don't even speak Spanish. I speak less Spanish than I speak Greek. Oh, he. So what could I have done by myself? But all of us in, all of us in, and, and some who in this church who didn't go, you were in with your gifts, your financial gifts, which helped make that trip possible. By the way, we sent $5,000 a couple of weeks ago to that church in uh, the Dominican Republic. That church has an orphanage, and in that orphanage they are building a barber shop, um, and th the barber shop is going to be used, A, to cut the uh, the hair of their own children so they don't have to pay for it anymore, uh, but it is also going to be teach, uh, built to teach those children how to cut hair so they can have a, 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 a profession. So we are still serving that church in the Dominican Republic even now. But it's all of us in I was out at the Brickyard Country Club last week uh, playing a round of golf, and on the way up to the clubhouse, I ran into a friend of mine. He's a Methodist, but not a member here. He was wearing khakis and a, a dress shirt. I looked at him, looked at him, and I said, "What well, you? What are you dressed like that for? You?" You're not playing golf dressed like that. He had an envelope in his hand. He said, I'm, I'm, I came up here to pick up a check today. And he began telling me about a project that is going on at, at daybreak. Um, that Catholic-sponsored ministry to the homeless and the poor down in the park. Daybreak, in cooperation with the Housing Authority of Macon, is building an apartment complex with 50 units or so. 16 of those 50 will be for the homeless. The rest of them will be for the working poor who mostly work downtown but really don't have a place to live. There will be um, a medical clinic in the downstairs of that apartment complex and a respite care uh, facility so that when a homeless person goes to the hospital and gets out of the hospital, rather than going back under the bridge, um, that homeless person will go to that respite care and receive care there until they get strong enough to get back on their feet. So here you had a, a Methodist um, raising money for a, 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 a ministry that many of us are involved in, including many of you in this church. Um, and, and, and it is attacking 
uh, and uh, approaching an intractable kind of a problem. But you can't do that by yourself. I can't do that by myself. It's, it's all of us in, all of us. We've encouraged you over the last couple of weeks to uh, bring your pledge card early if you couldn't be here this Sunday, and many of you have done that. We, we told you you could, you could even call it in. Uh, just call the church office and give Linda your name because we don't want an amount anyway. And some of you have done that. We've had over 36 families uh, who have uh, turned their pledge cards in before we even started. But there's something powerful uh, about the solidarity of, of doing this together. There's something intentional uh, and purposeful about that. There's something uh, about us in some ways and, uh, saying, no, we're not going to sit back anymore. No, we're not going to relive the past. No, we're, we're not going to approach um, uh, the future timidly. No, we're not going to be faithless anymore. I'm all in with all of you. And as Marcus and Tommy have mentioned, when you drop your pledge card in the plate, uh, you keep the amount of your giving between you and God. We don't, we don't want to know that. This be, I hope you'll be bold in your number. I hope you'll be intentional and that you're not going to just drop a card in, but that you really have thought and made a vow to you and God. This is what it's going to be for next year. But that's between you and God. We don't want to know that. This is about rallying ourselves to, to trust in God. So you say, well, preacher, I know you've been dying to know. How are we going to do these pledge cards? Are we, you know, a lot of years we, we come down to the front and we put them in an offering plate and I don't see any plate down here. What are we, what are we going to do? How do we give these this year? Well, it's rather simple. When the offering plate goes by, drop it in plate. But don't do it casually. I would like you to drop it in the plate in the spirit of uh, Dr. Jimmy May, who was one of my seminary professors. Uh, uh, Jimmy May, uh, who was a man when I was in seminary, who was uh, almost at his retirement. He had a, th a shock of white hair, and he had this thick uh, Georgia drawl. When, when Jimmy would... Uh, uh, his class was called liturgics, which meant worship. So we took this class from Jimmy on, on worship, and one of the sessions must have been, can you imagine having a session on the offering? We must have had a session on the offering because Jimmy, who in his thick drawl of his, I remember I can hear him saying now, the way he would, you can only say it in South Georgia, Lord have mercy. That was, uh, that was Brother uh, Jimmy May, Lord have mercy. When you'd ask a question that 
that bore pondering. But, but when Jimmy uh, talked about the offering that went by, and he said, when that offering plate goes by, he said, it's not that you're dropping your money in. He said, what you really are doing is you're putting yourself, you're putting yourself in that plate, all of you. When it comes by, this is, uh, put me in. You're putting you in. Marcus and I have been doing push-ups this week because when those plates come and all of you are in and we got to turn and we've got to lift those plates, those plates are going to be heavy because those plates represent your life and my life, putting ourselves in to God's world and God's kingdom. I hope we have muscle-bound ushers this week that can carry those pledge cards down the aisle and transfer them to Marcus and me so that we can lift them before God and all of us can be all in for the work of God's world. Amen.